Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the premium Sunday Night Live Burn Barrel Podcast. Yep, we're trying to do these a little more often for right. you guys. So, um, it's been an interesting weekend, I gotta say that. So, uh, yeah, back to John Stewart, who is uh, one of the, our Patreon people. Mm-hmm. Good job, by the way, John. He was on the Kirk Minahan Show, and he did a great job a couple weeks ago. Hopefully he'll be on again soon. Um and uh, yes, you too can be a Patreon person. You can watch this live. Which is, you <laughs> really get to see compelling. a 345-pound man and a woman who's no more than 240 pounds altogether. Really? That gets unchecked? <laughs> I'm not going to fact check you on it. I'm just kidding. She's not. She's lovely. But, uh, but, uh, but I bring that up because my brother just texted me and said, what's your last meal going to be? Because we're going to fat camp tomorrow. And uh, it's it's the it's the thing that all the radio people are doing. It's the, the Awaken One Eighty deal, um, and so it totally takes over your life and what you're allowed to eat. And so so I I'm going to rock and roll, Jimmy. It's my my brother. Um, probably some pasta tonight in one form or another. That's my last meal. So we went to a restaurant today and they gave us the six and a half pounds of pasta. It was really good. That was was that Mike's, Mister Mike's in Haverhill. Who Mister Mike's in Obi Haverhill. And I think that's Haverhill, not Plastow, that, but... That is Haverhill. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We had originally gone to the Hen House because... <clears throat> Steve from Merrimack told us to go there. Lion Steve told us to go there, <laughs> and we went there today, and they weren't open, They were opening up late at 2 instead of noon, or 11.30, whatever it was, and so we had to uh, find a plan B, but the place does look promising. It does look promising. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah. So we're doing that, that thing tomorrow. We don't have to talk too much about that. Uh, especially since, you know, it, whatever. Who, who cares? Do you care? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's going to be exciting. Gonna be it's going to be skinny. Uh, that's, uh, we'll see. <laughs> you know? Do I take it one day at a time or a bunch of days at a time? <laughs> one day at a time. That's right, one day. Let's take it one day at a time. All right, so do you want to start, Alice, 
with uh, hard politics, the Democrats are passing all this stuff. Uh, the um, Inflation Reduction Act. So they've been passing all of the um, um, amendments on that over mm-hmm. for the last... They've been having a vote-a-rama. So exactly. Well. And they've been, at least they've been staying overnight. And they're like <laughs> bleary-eyed. I actually like when they have to work a little bit. Yeah. Because mostly so, they don't do anything. So um, what it is, it's a huge spending bill there and a tax bill. There's a huge corporate tax there. Um, you know, there's nothing the Democrats love more than vilifying uh, business and and you know uh, citizens, and they're going to hire eighty seven thousand IRS agents, which is unfreaking believable mm-hmm. just to hear that. And very telling because they were like, no, 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 it's only to do more audits on billionaires. But right. the Republicans tried to put in an amendment that would have made it the extra audits only be on people making four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and up, and they nixed that. So right. you're included. You get to be audited by the extra 87,000 IRS yes, agents. There's going to be tens so. of thousands of IRS people with nothing better to do than to be going through your finances, your your tax returns, um, which is ridiculous, whatever. But I must say, um, and it's also inflationary. The whole thing is a mess. But I must say, uh, wait, was there another part of it? Well, even Bernie said it's not going <laughs> to do anything about it. Yeah, it doesn't. Of okay. course, he means that. Because he wants the bill to have more junk in it. Like, what he mm-hmm. wants would be even more inflationary, but whatever. Even he's, like, criticizing the bill. So the Sunday shows today were largely all celebrations of the Democrats getting so much stuff done. And Biden mm-hmm. having a good week, which technically he had. If you're right. a Democrat, this was not a week where he stepped on a landmine. This is a week where he uh, killed the bad guy, the Al-Qaeda guy, Al-Zawahiri. And mm-hmm. the Democrats may got to have John Stewart push around the Republicans. Which was which was a an optics problem for the Republicans. They they should have seen it coming. They got this bill done. They pulled trickery on on Mitch McConnell, whatever. So for Democrats, it was a good week. It's not a good week for the country necessarily. But no, and I think in the long term, it will come back to bite them. Just mm-hmm. like passing a lot of their like pandemic pork came back to bite them and stuff because mm-hmm. it later caused all the inflation. You know, I said this the other day, too, but there was part of me that was a little sorry when Build Back Better didn't pass, not because I thought it would be good for the country, but because I thought it would be so terrible that and destroy the economy so much that nobody would vote Democrat for a generation. And, uh, you know, so that didn't ultimately pass. But it turns out that even the little bit that they did do was so destructive that that like largely has come to pass anyway. And I think this is going to be similarly harmful to the country and to the right. economy in such a way that I think they're going to pay for this at the ballot I think box so too. sooner and I think, or later or sometime. It's I going so to too. happen. I think so, too. And I think that it, it, you you just listen. You're going to hear in a moment the best case Democrats make for this legislation. They're also uh, the Sunday shows are very excited about the Kansas abortion vote mm-hmm. which which is a is a, a win for the pro uh, abortion crowd mm-hmm. but it's not quite what they think it is you know if you had a, a vote in Kansas that said absolutely all abortions green lit at any time that would also go down the, right. the, the, the view of the people in Kansas are a little more moderate, more in line with the American people. Yeah. So in Kansas, uh, any abortions after 22 weeks are already illegal. Mm-hmm. So this was to expand that more to make, 
you know, more abortions illegal. Um, and and it wasn't even actually a specific policy, but it was to remove from the state constitution. Mm-hmm. The state constitution apparently has been interpreted to uh, give women the right to an abortion after the point of viability in Kansas. So it was to remove that limitation. And so then the legislators could basically do whatever they want. You know, I know people who are fairly pro-life mm-hmm. who still say they wouldn't have voted for it because... It would have turned this into like an ongoing issue where, you know, the the legislature would have gone too far. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and um, this makes it, it does give Democrats all over the country something to run on and something to, to be excited about. Mm-hmm. But, but also people don't necessarily. And we know this like in our state, too. The way people vote on ballot initiatives that are specific policies, yay or nay, when they have the power to actually control it is different from the votes they take for people and for political parties that they mm. are electing. Um, it doesn't necessarily always pan out. Some of these ballot initiatives do somewhat have coattails, but first of all, the fact that this was on the ballot now doesn't explicitly means it's not then going to be on the ballot in November. So it won't have right. coattails for them in November. And secondly, you know, we've seen this when we have these ballot initiatives, even in Massachusetts, where they're like about a tax or something, those will pass with good numbers, you know, to say like, we don't want this extra tax, but people will continue to just vote in the same people who came up with the stupid tax in the first place. They don't actually always punish the people if they like their politics in other Mm -hmm. ways. And I think abortion is one of those issues where people do have strong feelings about it, but not, it doesn't necessarily mean who they'll vote for in the end. They vote Mm -hmm. on like more kitchen table-y kind of issues, generally speaking, for a party. Right, and that's going to be the economy. And that's also... um, it doesn't jobs report or not. It's not going to. It's not going to matter. The Democrats had a good jobs report, but that's also inflationary, and it, it doesn't. Yeah, the tightness in the labor market just right. means that we're going to continue to see the inflation because the cost of everything that involves any kind of labor, which is anything, is going to keep going up and up and up. So, um, so that brings. Oh, by the way, clarification: the John Stewart we gave a shout out to, who's listening to us, is a different John Stewart than the comedian in the burn pits who we just mentioned. Because we've mentioned two John Stewarts. Right. One right. is a listener and friend of the show in in Minahan rotating third chair. Mm-hmm. One is a comedian out of New York City. I would say that the Minahan John Stewart who follows mm-hmm. us is funnier than the other John Stewart. Yes, he has two questions, actually. Oh. Uh, first, well, one's more of a statement than a question. He says that uh, the parliamentarians stripped out a lot of the bill. This is true, including this thing with... Um, you know, the price of insulin. Like, they tried to stick a bunch more stuff in this bill, but it really has to be a budget bill because they're passing mm-hmm. it 50-50 with reconciliation. Um, so economists have then reduced the savings achieved by the bill. He also wants to know what your shirt is about. Oh, this is... Give me your Napoleon shirt, which is addressed in one podcast episode somewhere. Maybe we put that in the best of for the show one more away. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, and quickly, the, the and these are available, by the way, these shirts. This is my favorite. Well, this and the um, st- uh, Step on Wife, um, my step so on. cold. What's it called? The Rudolph one. That I wore last, last. Tough going? Tough going. Those two, I think, are my favorites, I think. Um, but, um, okay, the, quickly, give me Napoleon. Is That was my finest hour, John. So what this was is that... Um, Alice and I had matching Dunkin' Donuts 
some like chocolate drinks that had chocolate in the bottom of them, like this t-shirt kind of shows. And um, and I finished all of mine, and so I wanted Alice's because I could see all the chocolate was in the bottom of hers. So I said, "Give me your Napoleon." And the the joke being, she didn't understand what I meant. So I said, "Give me your Napoleon." Giving me your Napoleon. The, the joke until he grabbed it out of my hand and just drank from it, my cup. Exactly, I ripped it out of her her hands. And right. And so the point is that "Give me Napoleon" means Alice. Um, it's he wanted the Napoleon bottom part of my drink where all the sugary syrup was right. stuck. Right. So. <laughs> bottom part. Get it? And that is my that is my high point. That was hit in 2013, probably, and I have been on a steady decline ever since. But that's my finest moment. That's it. That's all that's going to be so in my- So it's now commemorated <clears throat> with a handy t-shirt you can wear. Yes, please do. That's going to be on my headstone. That's all I want on there. That's Jimmy all I want. Home. I don't even want the dates. doesn't matter. Uh, all right. So so I want to actually, and I find this I find this surprisingly good. This is um, on State of the Union with, with Dana Bash, and this is um, Richard Blumenthal- and Lindsey Graham, they're on at the same time with her. Now they both sound a little drunk, and they've been <laughs> up all night. <clears throat> but I think they both represent. Listen to how Blumenthal represents the spirit of the bill, and Graham represent the facts of the bill. And I, I think this is really good stuff. Senator Blumenthal, I'm going to start with you about this budget bill that is uh, making its way through Congress. Three independent economic analyses, including the Congressional Budget Office. I'll say the Inflation Reduction Act will actually have little to no impact on inflation. How is this bill actually going to help Americans who are having trouble paying for their groceries, for their housing, for their gas? Great question. And thanks for having us in this bipartisan way. I think Americans are going to see the costs of their prescription drugs cut because of Medicare negotiations. They're going to see energy costs Remember, the question was, how does it reduce inflation? Which, right, of course, because you guys named it the Inflation Reduction Act, which to some people would seem to imply that you thought it was going to do something to reduce inflation. Exactly, which is which was a, a misstep on their part because every single Sunday show asked put that to them <laughs> because they had to because you can't make the reporter look stupid. You can't you can't have them uh, like allow that to go by them. They need to ask about that cut because they're going to be receiving credits and rebates for energy saving and cost cutting measures. And they're going to see greater tax fairness because corporations that are currently paying nothing will have to pay at least 15 percent. We're talking corporations with assets of more than a billion dollars or earnings of excess in that amount. So we're going to see costs of gasoline continue to drop, costs of necessities to decline. And I think Americans will see historic. It also, I know that the branding is supposed to is supposed to brainwash people. And uh, and um, uh, what's that called when you're condition people into thinking, mm-hmm. oh, inflation reduction? But really, you're making guys like this lie. So, and this is it's tough stuff because you know he's having to just go through this line of the stuff stuff that is not the question. Well, yeah, and I mean a bunch of groups came out, and specifically, like it would be different if they called it the like um, 
reducing costs for families act, but like inflation is actually a really specific concept and right. it's one of the things they score bills for. So mm-hmm. the CBO and all these other nonpartisan places of and places that generally are kind to Democrats have come out and said it doesn't reduce inflation actually though. Right. And I understand he's a he's a he's a um, politician and he's going to lie and you know it's part of the job but in a, with a lie like this where you're trying to get some people from the middle people will notice so that's why it's just it's it's somebody you know high-fived i'm sure in the in the in the meeting room in the conference room when he came up with this idea mm-hmm. but that person is a dumbass this is not it's not smart to do result well, this is not the bipartisan part of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> so the American Rescue Plan, remember that one? That was supposed to make us every, make everything better. Well, it became a recession plan. This is going to make everything worse. I voted for a bipartisan uh, infrastructure bill. I voted for gun legislation. I'm not going to vote for this. Uh, the minimum tax of 15% destroys expensing. Now, what does that mean? If a company buys a piece of equipment, they could expense it under the 2017 tax cut in the same year they bought it. That goes away. So CBO says it disincentivizes companies for building factories, buying equipment, which would help us get out of recession. There's a 16.4% tax on imported barrels of oil that are going to increase cost at the gas pump. Uh, Subsidies for Obamacare go to Families making $304,000 a year, which I think is ill-conceived. And the bottom line, it's not going to help inflation. It's going to make everything worse. One, one of the other. So it's a better answer. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's true. So and that he helps started, make it easier. And Graham started his answer with, it's going to make everything worse. And what did he end it with? It's going to make everything work. Exactly. In in between the meat are the line items. The things that the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, said, Senator Graham, is that the bill would reduce the deficit. Republicans historically have been very focused on reducing the deficit. So why not support that? It says it would reduce the deficit by $100 billion. We're going to spend almost a trillion dollars. The truth is that the, um, American, uh, the Obamacare subsidies go away after three years. Well, we all know they're not going to go away. So if they stayed in place for 10 years, it would add $280 billion to the deficit. So it's a gimmick. They've got a gimmick in the bill to limit the subsidies for three years that go to people who make $304,000 a year. Uh, This thing's going to make everything worse, and not one Republican is going to vote for it. Well, I'll tell you one thing where I think we can agree it will make things better is the IRS is going to have resources it needs to go after the highest income Americans (laughs) that are cheating on their taxes right now. And it will mean more revenue the government and frankly cutting through all of the numbers all the cbo what is he thinking to 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 uh position that as what i think we're going to agree on is we're going to have it's going to be really popular as all the irs agents people People who love audits they really that's a big thing with americans they love the irs bothering them there's nothing that brings a smile on somebody's face like seeing a piece of mail that says irs on it stuff the average American sitting at their kitchen table deciding whether they can buy <clears throat> medicine, pay their mortgage, or go to the grocery store and get the food they need, they're going to be able to get that medicine much more cheaply. And overwhelmingly, the American people want to cut the cost of prescription drugs. This measure does it through enabling Medicare to do what the VA does, what the Department of Defense does, negotiate for lower prices. And that will affect the entire 
course of inflation. And I just want to bring one other issue that's in this bill. And I don't agree with that. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, number one, uh, prescription drugs. This is price fixing. They take 15 drugs and they put a limit on what you can charge. That sounds good until pharmaceutical companies uh, invent less new drugs. Remember COVID? Well, it was the American pharmaceutical industry that got us the drugs that keep us out of the hospital and keep a lot of us alive. This is price fixing. It's never worked before. It's not going to work now. Hiring 86,000 more IRS agents, if that makes you feel better, you've missed a lot. They're coming after waitresses, Uber drivers, and everybody else to collect. Style point. <laughs> Uber. Yeah. There's no bueno, Lindsay. Somebody tell him that it's Both not Uber. Both of them are like incredibly out of touch. Yeah. One of them's like, people love the IRS. Yes. And one of them's like, people who drive Ubers just... <laughs> <laughs> more taxes so uh if, if you th- but it's a good point they're coming after hairdressers that's good well right because they're you know they're coming for people and i think th- the reason he brings up those two groups of people in particular is because those are people that uh, have some off the books revenue that uber does uber well, drivers potentially like tips and stuff i think they probably have more trouble reporting their taxes accurately than like if you just work at a company well the hairdressers all went underground during covid <laughs> and there was it there was definitely something they made some cash i have no problem with that too. i think it's wonderful i think growing the irs is good for you you're wrong do you want to respond or you want to move <laughs> i on think to the country? irs is going to target the highest income americans as uh, the saying goes that's where the money is yeah. was that written into the bill though <laughs> No, they're going to be targeting whoever, whatever Democratic elected, uh, I mean, appointed hack tells them to target. That's yeah. where they're going to look to collect. Yeah. The idea that there's going to be this army of IRS agents defending, descending on the average American is just preposterous. Tax. Well, it's just that it happens. Exactly. I mean, 87,000 of them, it, each one can audit, I think, a few people a year, mm-hmm. right? So if each of them audits like 10 people, then they're going to audit 870,000 people. Like, I, I would love not to enough see, super rich. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen the specifics of the bill, but I would love to see how they scored how much revenue each of these people was going to create for the Fed. Because they must have somewhere in there said, well, oh, yeah. each one will probably uh, recoup, in- you know, $6.7 million a year. <sighs> Fairness is what we need. And for the biggest corporation in this country to pay no taxes, for them to do stock buybacks that benefit the shareholders. But, for example, in the case of oil companies, they are making three to four times what they did just last year. What are they doing with those excess windfall profits, lowering gasoline prices? And in two years ago, they took huge losses um, because government strangled them. It's like, give me a break. It's whatever. Anytime that they, they, the Democrats who set the tax rates, you know, who make the tax rules complain about uh, excess profits. By the way, it's right. a sweet coming from Blumenthal. He, he's got a lot of excess profits. He's a very rich, rich man. But fine. That's fine. Uh, <clears throat> the left is trying to make a thing of Lindsey Graham's um, answer to Dana Bash on um, gay marriage. And it's wonderful. And I got to thank a, a listener of the, my WTIC show. A wonderful headline. <clears throat> it's just too good to be t- true. Uh, l- listen to this headline. Uh 
This is from Yahoo News. This is a Rolling Stone news piece. Lindsey Graham would like states to decide if LG people count full as fully human. Is that what he said exactly? So let's listen to what he actually said. And uh, man, that is, if he said that as a quote, that is a shocking quote. And actually, he probably will have to step down because that is amazingly shocking. Unless, of course, it's completely irresponsible horse bleep, <clears throat> which of course it is. So uh, here is Lindsey Graham on this. So Senator Graham, uh, another issue that is before the Senate is uh, gay marriage. At least that is what Rob Portman wants. He's trying to get enough votes to codify same-sex marriage because <clears throat> Justice Clarence Thomas suggested that it might be in jeopardy. You said two weeks ago that the state-by-state -state approach is the best way to go. So I just want to be clear about your position. Are you saying that the 2015 Supreme Court decision that made same-sex marriage the law of the land nationally should be overturned? No, I am saying that I don't think it's going to be overturned. Nor should I'll, it be? Well, you know, that'd be up to the court. The reasoning, I think, could be attacked, but the point I'm trying to make is I've been consistent. I think states should decide the issue of marriage and states should decide the issue of abortion. I have respect for South Carolina. South Carolina voters here, I trust, to define marriage and to deal with the issue of abortion. Uh, not nine people on the court. That's my view. How far down should that, I mean, how, how wide should that go? How many more issues should that well, go we're to? For example, about, love, uh, Loving versus Virginia that allowed interracial marriage. No, that, no, that shouldn't be touched. No, so here's the point. We're talking about. Uh, here's the point. Um, I would like states to decide if LGBT uh, people count as fully human. <laughs> and here's the point. That's not what he said. I about things that are not happening because you don't want to talk about inflation. You don't want to talk about crime. This is all politics, my friends. Uh, instead of trying to solve problems like unstable people having guns, we're talking about constitutional decisions that that are still in effect. But if you're going to ask me to have the federal government take over defining marriage, yeah. I'm going to say no. Okay. There we go. So not quite what the headline said. Matter of fact, it seems absolutely reasonable. So, um, <clears throat> sorry for clearing my throat there. Um, so the the, the uh, protester Alex Stein has a new video out where he is haranguing a vice reporter. What's her name? Tessa something? I think so. It's a pretty pretty name anyway. Yeah, so she is at uh, CPAC. Exactly. So now he g does the thing where he's taking a selfie video of him. This is the same guy who harassed AOC. AOC. Tess Owen. Tess Owen. So this is the vice reporter. You can tell the only one in a mask here. So how are you doing? Just doing my job. She's here trolling everybody here. So she's the only one here in a mask and she's just saying negative stuff. I can't believe they let you in here. Do you feel like you're lying or sheep in the lion's den? Um, I have credentials to be here. So. Yes, yeah, so do I. But I'm saying, see, this is vice, guys. This person, she's trying to troll this event. She thinks all of you guys are losers. That's what she posts on the internet. She posts the most, she posts the most out of context stuff. See, vice is the worst media company there is. They're all liars. So what do you think about your crappy media company? Just do my job in the paper. I know. When you're being here, you can take it up with CPAC. I know, but don't you think vice is a bunch of liars? Oh, you're proud of you know you guys mainly talk about drugs. Are you are you a drug addict too? Like all the vice content you make? Guys, this is a vice. Guys, this person, she's a loser right here. She's the only one in a mask. You see this? This is what a loser looks like. She's got her coronavirus. How many vaccines do you have? Are you on are you on your fifth vaccine? It's none of your business. Oh my! Oh, it's not. So why do you want to mandate them if it's none of my business? Are you pro vaccine mandates? 
Oh, it's none of my business, but she's pro vaccine mandates. Guys, you see this? This is an So he kind of follows her around. She tr she's she trying to maneuver kind of out of there, but there's he's he's haranguing her. And there are like seven other dudes there, Alice. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thoughts? So I thought this was interesting, among other things, because there was a lot of... Um, uh, there was a bit of a brouhaha in the press, let's say, because in Florida, Ron DeSantis just wouldn't give media credentials to a bunch of left wing reporters. Mm -hmm. um, you know what they call the mainstream media or whatever they mm -hmm. you know, the, he didn't he just didn't give them to him. I think it was for the Sunshine Summit there. They or they just said you can't come in like. So yeah, we're not giving you credentials. We're only because you'll come in here, you'll misrepresent everything we say and write negative things about us. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to have you here, you know, which is kind of their prerogative, I think, at like private political events. So um, Christina Pusha actually tweeted about this thing that happened at CPAC Texas mm -hmm. and she said all I have to say is this debate around trolling journalists in real life is that media activists from publications like Vice should not be allowed into conservative conferences to begin with mm. they abhor us nobody on either side will get harassed if they just aren't allowed in if it's so important that everyone sees what's going on just live stream all the speeches and events allow fair and balanced journalists to attend too but I think that's the perfect answer to that if this reporter doesn't want to get harassed, she doesn't have to be there. She's there to write bad things about these people, and they know it. Mm -hmm. So it's a situation that is just ripe for toxicity and negative things to happen, right? I did totally disagree with you. I think that this is a thuggery by this guy, Alex Stein. I think it's a terrible look. She, there's a diminutive little blonde reporter who's try, trying to do her job. Yes, she's an a-hole, and she's got a mask, of course. But to, to harangue her? Like, leave her alone, dude. It's a terrible look. People who in the middle will say, ah, I, I could, I don't want to be a Democrat because they're screwing up. They're calling this inflation reduction thing something that it is not, and it's it's whatever, and inflation and this sucks, whatever. And they look and they see some guy being an a-hole. I think that Mr. and Mrs. Everyday sees this guy as being a, an a-hole. And I don't know what you want to do. I mean, the media... And he's just harassing her. He's like, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of in her face. And it's, it's, it's a bad look. People who don't know much about politics will see this and say, wow, one guy's an a-hole and one lady's acting professionally trying to do her job. Yeah, she's right for vice. But what is her job? Her job is to go there and call them all fascists in her magazine. 
mm-hmm. and try and ruin their lives. That's right. So, I mean, like, I, it, it's, yes, he looks like an a-hole, but the truth is that if she could, like, get all of them fired by writing up who they are and what their day job is and whatever in Vice, then she would do that in a second. So, like, I mean, I don't think they're not justified in hating her. But that's the point. Shouldn't CPAC just say we're not going to have reporters that literally hate our guts in here? No, I don't why? think so. Why? Why should why should conservatives and conservatives have been too dumb about this and they need to get smarter, right? It's it's like mm-hmm. why do they invite every psychotic left-wing publication to come and cover like private conservative activist events? Because you will in the very least um get brand recognition up and i mean sure but live stream the event they can write about the speeches the same like they were going to anyway this is what christina pushaw told them when they were mad they didn't get credentials in florida she said go you know do some elliptical or whatever and drink a margarita and then just write your hit piece anyway and go cry about it it's it why do they have to be there in the event with people that they hate unless it's just to like catch people doing something i mean that's what I'm sorry, but I believe in um, in um, afflicting the powerful. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. And yes, she's going to go talk about how they're all Nazis and this and that, and she's going to write a hit piece and this and that. But, uh, I mean, she can... People, first of all, can talk to her. Maybe someone will be quoted correctly. Maybe somebody can get more leverage when she writes her crappy hit piece and they can tell the truth if they could also record themselves being with her i don't i don't think i mean if you if you want to get rid of all the antagonistic media then there just won't be any media at these events and there won't be media passes needed you know there'll be eight people you know you know the daily wire and daily signal Mm -hmm. and daily caller will all be there um Right. I mean, well, uh, John Stewart agrees with you. He says when Charles Krauthammer first went to CPAC, he was a liberal, and many voices are better. So, mm. um, but yeah, I just I think that. The- but but also, you know, you know, mm-hmm. a, a reporter is once again about afflicting the powerful. Like you know, I, I wasn't a reporter, but I went to press conferences and I asked people questions. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I went to one of uh, I went to the. Boston 24-1, and at, we all, there's three of us there. We all were hitting um, um, Marty Walsh with questions. I wasn't there, although I was also a columnist, but I, my questions weren't made to make Marty Walsh look good. Well, right. They but- were, I had a hunch, and I was sniffing around, and I was trying to, you know, get at him. Well, right. I mean, but that was, this CPAC is not you know, the White House press briefing room or Marty Walsh's a, a press conference for a government official, right? Well, it's a private event. Well, the, You the, can have people there or not. If you sure. feel like it's bad for your event to have reporters there that hate you, then don't have them there. I don't care. I don't see why you're not just... I don't know why this even is the broader issue. This is some a-hole who calls himself a member of the media as well who's haranguing somebody. It's a... Be- that... this Okay, so that... Well, how would you respond to people who would say that, like, Trump made this acceptable by calling out the media and pointing them out and calling them the lying press at all his rallies and stuff? 
Because I feel like that's where no, this comes from. I have no problem with an elected official or a nominee from a party taking on the press and castigating them publicly. I have no problem with that. He's the subject that they're going to be writing about. Well, so is this guy. Well, he's not the subject. He might be at the now, but but he's not the subject. He's just there being a you know sleazy assassin, just trying to screw with people. He's this was a browbeating he gave her really. Uh, well, she had to take it. She was surrounded, you know, and it's fine. I don't think it's going to change her mind and make her write anything anymore. I get the feeling if we th- thought vitriol was coming before and it's coming again. I just I don't think I don't see why like like Trump needed to go keep talking to Maggie Haberman. And having um, o- Olivia uh, Nuzzi into the White House again, I thought that was idiotic to ever give them special access. But I think that you give them some access. I think that even if there's a huge hit piece, even if there's a hit piece that talks about the guy who pretended he was in Gitmo, uh, Brandon Straka, whatever, it, and there will be, and there already are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, more than hit pieces, he's well, being taken back to court. Over sure, it. Well, sure, but what I'm saying is that the, that's at least exposing more people to the conversation. I don't, I mean, there are a certain percentage of people who will simply just read, you know, somebody t- tweeted to me the other day when I said DeSantis is great that he's taken away every single one of our civil rights. And mm-hmm. so if somebody who ingests media like that, who thinks that that's true to come up with that platitude, they're not salvageable. They, they're not looking at enough media sources. But there are others uh, uh, who I think will look at this and say, huh, like there are people like you and I who are curious mm-hmm. and say, wait a second, is this really as crazy as we thought it was? So I, I want, I, I think you should have the, the media squirreling around. <clears throat> it's absolutely fine. I just think that this situation, this guy <clears throat> was was haranguing people. And also- But I mean, I think, I think that the situation is set up by having reporters in there that that hate and are trying to ruin the lives of like the regular people there like not the big vip names but the people who are just there right and i think that they do try and ruin those people's lives uh well, maybe. Well, that's on the venue. If they're, but I think they shouldn't have reporters in there that are going to do stuff like that. And I think, I think that at this point, after the four years of Trump and the Trump campaign and everything that's happened, I think that you have regular conservatives who buy tickets to CPAC and go to hear the speakers and all this stuff, and they can feel the hate coming from these news people who come in and want to like interview the man on the street people and whatever i think they know that these media people hate them well okay because okay, they okay, t- happen now a ton of times when they depict them as morons okay, and idiots you want to be the group of people afraid of the five foot four blonde girl who's going to write mean <clears throat> things about you and so you block them all out i mean that's a big story right there First of all, if if you you know when i worked at the at the well, newspaper I, I thought you liked it when DeSantis when i worked and at Pusha the, did it uh, when she told the media to go cry about it because they didn't have credentials and whatever? I have no problem with her doing that whatsoever. She's the press li- liaison. She is there to interface with those people. And that can go both ways, too. I have no problem with them going after her, either. But, you know, if you kick this lady out, mm-hmm. the chances of there being... Just don't give Vice a credential. Okay, well... Then she's going to write the hit piece about CPAC anyway, mm-hmm. and there will be zero quotes defending Vice. 
I mean, defending CPAC. There'll be zero anybody quoted whatsoever at all who might bring another point up. So to them, that just gives them carte blanche. Nobody spoke to us. So yeah, there were pedophiles, all of them. I mean, I, I used to talk to my editor about this all the time. Um, when about like whether or not, whether or not you have to have like Trump should be having um, these daily pressers with um, with Kaylee McEnany, whatever. Mm-hmm. And his feeling was that uh, it's always a good idea to have them because the state because the, the paper's going to write the story anyway. So if you like boot the Herald or or not this Herald, the old version of the Herald. If you boot the Herald from coverage, like they did with Hillary Chabot one time with a, on a Hillary Clinton event, they said, no, you're disinvited the Herald. Well, that's fine, but now it's all the Herald side of things and nobody else on, on the well, other fine. side. Well, fine. I mean, but are we talking... If it's not a public official, then fine. Like, why do you have to be invited to every fundraiser for people that you don't agree with if you're totally antagonistic to the candidate? They don't have to invite you to their private events. You're not... They, they don't owe you anything, right? Like, for, like, rallies and campaigns... I mean, sure, if you want to let them in, then great. But it's different to me when you're talking about a public official holding a press briefing or, you know giving his speech publicly as the politician themselves mm-hmm. versus like, you know, private fundraisers, private events, well, these campaign things. Well, plenty like, of I, private fr- fundraisers. I know, but what I'm saying is like, why shouldn't CPAC be considered like that? It's really an activist group. It's not like a public thing. Like, they don't have to give press credentials to everybody who hates them. They can give it to some of these like more kind of neutral places, even like, even like give it to CNN and the Washington Post. And okay, skip but you Vice realize that because- the CNN and the Post's <clears throat> stories are already already written before they walk through the doors. They're just looking for a little color. It's already that CPAC is full of January six white supremacists and uh, Trump owns them yeah, all. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, but they're not as bad as like Vice is. Vice is just actually like activist. You might as well invite Jacobin to come and cover your CPAC event. Like it's just you don't have to invite the absolute crazy lefties to come and write bad things about you and give them more fuel, because there are whack jobs at these events. And is it not a badge of out. honor that if you're a conservative, that Jacobin is lighting you up, that that Vice uh, is calling you a Nazi? Is it not? Aren't those all the right people to hate you? I mean. You don't necessarily want to look at the stuff like James O'Keefe is able to get from like conversations they don't realize are being recorded and yeah. stuff. Right. People say dumb things when they're not thinking that they're, you know, that somebody's antagonistic to them when they're in an environment where they think they're like safe. Mm-hmm. Do people say stupid things and like get taken out of context and stuff? And you, you can do a lot with like quotes like that. They're going to try and wreck people's lives. Absolutely. I think they will. I mean, it, I don't know. I I think it I mean obviously I don't think he looks good yelling at her, but mm-hmm. I think that the situation is inevitable when you have reporters who hate the people that are there wandering amongst them freely. I think that you start not giving media credentials to people that hate you to your private events. Well, to, I, I, okay, you can you can make the decision where you want to but CPAC I think probably the more the better. Um, okay, so now we have some decisions to make because we're out of time. Okay. So don't start talking about any of the other things because we're out of time. 
Okay. So we can either we can either in the Patreon only set. So we're out of time for my stuff too. We're just out of time. I know. <laughs> I, um. So, uh, but your your conversation, I, I kind of really like. It's kind of I, the one I wanted to do. It's very philosophical. Um. So why don't we do like? Twice. Can we play the cuts that you want to play and just give a taste and then switch over and get into a more in depth conversation in the? So Patreon your cuts, show? you mean your cut? Yeah. Did you have something too that you? Yeah, wanted but we're not gonna related? have time for both. Okay. Well, whatever you think. Uh, we don't have t- enough time. I don't think. Okay. To get into it, well, basically, you know, you know what? This is. Uh, I'll say. Let me. I'll say it like this. So today at the gas station where I filled up my wife's car for her so that she could go to church which we did change course but once again there you go for you, you guys yelling at me I am I am circuitous he is a very nice guy chivalrous but I was at the gas station and on the little gas station TV is Maria Menounos oh right and Watertown's own Maria Menounos and she's talking about some entertainment thing or whatever and, and I thought you know what I, I remember years Maria Maria Menounos is kind of Kind of like the perfect, perfect version of of what we're supposed to be. She's pretty. She's successful. She's famous. Um, she's a local girl. She has all the right politics. She says all the right things. She has a nice smile, and um, she's a she's doing all the right things. It reminds me of almost every. There's always a twenty seven year old attractive, pretty person jogging named Katie in every town and to me they're always almost always the same person mm-hmm. they're always good looking she's finishing up her marketing uh, degree she's got the right kind of car had a Volkswagen Jetta or a Golf or whatever it is in her early 20s now has a better car or whatever and she's doing all the right things went all, all the right schools you know did all the right things probably has Ukraine flag now whatever perfectly good American person mm-hmm but at the same time, there it, it's so utterly boring. I don't I don't understand how to act around them because I don't, like normal people are weird to me. I don't understand <laughs> like how do you do everything? What's the right way? What are normal people? But they're always. It seems to me a lot of times they they do everything a good solid B plus in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so boring. But is that is you, are are we a society where you're supposed to just be that good solid B plus? Do all the things, go to the right college. Now God is not a requirement. Oh, yeah, no. And then, and this gets to your cut, your quote, and then you're supposed to just spawn another one of you, facsimile right there, Mm -hmm. who did all the right things and had all the right cultural signifiers. And all right, I'll play your cut, a little bit of your cut, okay? Okay, we'll give people a taste. So this is from a podcast I listen to called The Lord of Spirits, which if you're not religious, don't listen to it because... Or if you're not into hearing about religion, don't listen to it because it's it's very religious. But this piece isn't it, yeah. very much so. But I thought this was just such an interesting take. I mean, this episode was about like Cain and Abel. So right. just to give you an idea of like how far afield this conversation went. But um, it's hosted by Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Father Stephen DeYoung, who are both Orthodox. And this was kind of um, Father Stephen DeYoung's wrap-up segment here. Even a lot of... Uh the search for meaning stuff now has an undercurrent of this in it that each of us sort of looks at our individual lives. You say, Hey, 
I have this one life to live. That's what I've got. And I need to make the most of it. And again, most of us aren't crass about it, but we make the most of it because we want to be successful at something. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want to be recognized by others. Uh, we want to get our ego stroked. Maria Menounos. Mm-hmm. Um, we want sort of money as a measure of that sort of success and that we're doing well and we're doing the right things and we're the right kind of person. And we're willing to spend a lot of that money to make ourselves appear publicly, whether we're talking about clothes or whether we're talking about carefully curating our uh, online profiles to give the right impression to everyone of who we are and that we believe and think the right things. And, and we're, we're on board with all the right causes and we support the current thing. And, and all of this, we devote all of our time to this. Right. And then... At some point along the line, we kind of look and go, hey, I've spent my whole life chasing mammon. What's the meaning of all that? Mammon is money, Alice told me today. Like material wealth and all that, yes. None of this Mm. really means anything, right? And it never did, right? And then we go and look for meaning. But what, what Christopher Lash pointed out is that that way of living life is very recent, that's not how most people in the history of the world, or even most people in the world today, live their lives. Most people in the history of the world and the world today live their lives, he said, like a thread stretched between their parents and their children. That their life is not this individual thing that belongs to them for them to maximize and curate and invest in such a way that it has an ultimately gratifying shape and result. Their life is a connection between the generation before and the generation after, between the past and the future. So what I get from that is is that they're living their lives as just droning. Marie Menounos has a Korea Menounos as a daughter who mm-hmm. has Latia Menounos as a daughter, and it's rather pointless. Yeah, and also saying that... I mean, I, I don't want to single out Maria Menounos. No, I'm not. And actually, she, she might be the most spiritually wonderful person in the world. I don't know anything about her. I'm just using personally. her as a template of somebody think, who superficially just seems to be perfect. Yeah, but I think that, yeah, a lot of people who spend a lot of time and energy curating a lot of these social media lives, and I think a lot of us know people like this and or uh, feel a lot of this pressure to be like this ourselves to look good on social media and not just politically, mm-hmm. but like how your kids are dressed and that you all do the things. I started to notice a few years ago, like everybody all went apple picking at the same time, yes. the same weekend and posted their cute pictures of them and their kids apple picking at the cute orchard. Like everybody is trying to have this like really nice looking life on social media and really nice looking life in the house they have and the car they have and the clothes they wear and everything. Right. And that, Ultimately, like that's about you and wanting to wanting people to think certain things about you personally. It's not really about the connection that you have between the past generations and the future generations. It's not meaningfully showing you your place in society to do that. 
All right, we're going to continue this. Okay, because there's a next snippet when he talks about, and you can go find the podcast and listen to it if you're really curious, but yeah. about how to cultivate like a more meaningful life in terms of connection to past and future generations. So we're going to do that in the Patreon but show. Chat chat is more profound. Okay, okay. we're going to do the chat chat though, I guess. Okay. Tom, I don't know why you're treating your wife like this. This is Catherine Hepburn. I wonder why you call your wife a cokehead. I don't understand. Back in my day, men used to treat their wives with dignity and respect. Thank you. After all, she's like birth 12 children. Correct. All right. See you later. Correct. I'm not sure. I think Catherine Hepburn might have been a bit of a homewrecker, Alice. Uh, Spencer Tracy. You know what I'm saying, right? I don't know that much mm-hmm. about Catherine Hepburn, to be saying. honest. She seemed very nice to me, so. <laughs> Hi, Steve from Merrimack. Well, well, well. Quick comment here. Regarding the sound cut you guys played of that imbecile teacher who was concerned that the children were not taking the pronouns seriously, <laughs> um, I think she's concentrating more on pronouns than she is the English language, because in my day, if... Someone had said to my teacher, my pronouns are banana and rock. I guarantee you, every one of my teachers would have said, banana and rock are nouns, head. <laughs> the pronoun for banana and rock is it. Do you want to be an it? Thank you. Great point. It's a fair mm-hmm. point. Good catch. Good. Yeah, although, and it's not grammatically correct at all, but neither is a plural pronoun they but also a bunch of young people now do do these other pronouns there's somebody in melrose who has tree tree self pronouns really so it's like great good so, job so and so went job. to the store and tree bought tree self okay Alice, a I, cookie. I can't i can't <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get we'll talk about hey guys it's your buddy dave from florida hey dave hi dave i am at, i happen to be in your zip code for this past week with my family and um me and the wife had to go to a certain local store. Uh oh! And mm. uh, never going again. There's only I just one store. Say, my in wife our zip got a little creeped out. Yes. Um, but all the gentlemen trying to help her find a tray. <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting, but it made <laughs> me think God. of Alice's story. But um, I've forgotten about other than that, IPAs. Hey, Alice, where can we find the good, uh, you know, cook? <laughs> Alice. I well, would, I don't know where to find. Oh him. come on! I don't know where. She'll to find take him. that off. Like, she'll DM you on her her code connection. I forgot about that. You were put off because everybody in the store hit on you, Alice. <laughs> my, the burdens of a yacht bunny by Alice Shattuck. My goodness, how must it be to be poor you? Thank you so much. If you're listening on the Patreon live stream, stay right there. Don't go anywhere because we are going to be back after this closing music to uh, do our Sunday extra Patreon show. You can also always find us for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com and all the different places you listen to podcasts as well as at burnbarrelpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. Uh, You can leave us a chat chat message or write us at burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.